0: you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have a fun episode. I get to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Sandra Martin. Sandra is a screenwriter and a director and she just finished wrapping up her second film, which we will totally dig into in the conversation. But one of the main reasons why I wanted to have Sandra on this show was to give you a glimpse of what it can look like when you are able to to push through all of your self-doubt, all of your insecurities, and pursue that thing that you may feel unqualified to pursue or you may feel nervous about going after. She is a walking monument of inspiration on this topic. And she gets vulnerable in the episode, and she shares with us how she pushed through all of those voices of self-doubt and how she would navigate those moments when she felt different from her peers and also gives great advice on what to do if you are feeling like you're unqualified or not good enough to pursue that passion project that you really want to do. She just gives such great insight into how she was able to pursue her creativity and pursue her passion and pursue what it is she felt meant to do and you know it goes without saying being a screenwriter and director in the film industry is very rare for a woman to hold those roles and she does that really well and so getting just a a glimpse into what that journey has been like for her and how she got to where she is I just know it's going to leave you so inspired in all of the things that you are wanting to accomplish in your life. Before we dive into that conversation, I have to invite you to join our Facebook group. We have had such great conversation in there, and it has become such a safe place for so many of you. So if you haven't joined in, or even if you just want to pop in and see what's being talked about and what's going on, you can go to my website, justajesusfollower.com backslash podcast, backslash podcast group, and you can opt in there. And I have to say that last week's episode, I received so much feedback from you guys. It really was one that seemed to resonate and hit home for a lot of you. And so if you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Ironically, it's a perfect setup for today's episode. Last week, we talked all about how to find your true voice, how to own that voice, even if it feels like it means you're going to be rejected from your friends or family or your tribe. As I said last week, I am one that has tended to buck the status quo and tended to kind of trailblaze my own path ever since I could talk. So I've learned a thing or two about facing rejection and feeling like an outsider at times. And I think that is why I love our guest so much today. So without any further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Sandra Martin. Here we go. welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by a dear friend of mine, Sandra Martin. And Sandra is a writer, a screenwriter, a director. She has a movie coming out. She's just all around, not only a dear friend, but an amazing person who I'm so excited to introduce you guys to. So Sandra, say hello. Hi, Anna and everybody. It's so nice to be here with you this evening. Oh, we are happy to have you joining us. So, you and I have been friends for years now. I was trying to think as I was prepping how long we've known each other. What has it been like five years? Is that right? I, I, I would say so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how many babies I've had in between the time I've met you. <laughs> well, I haven't had any. So. No, but you <laughs> had a grandbaby. That counts. Yes. Yes.
1: Just this year. But I think when we really got to know each other is when I ask you to come in and do like a little documentary interview for me. Right? That's right. Right. That's for a right movie. Up. For a movie that I didn't actually end up doing. Yes. But it kind of led to the to the next one. So
0: it did. Oh my gosh. And we're totally gonna dig into that whole process because you have just been you're just a go getter. I'm just gonna say that out of the gate. You're Sandra, you're just so cool. You're just oh, so cool. Stop it. <laughs> It's going to embarrass me. <laughs> oh, no, but this is why I love you because you have one of those stories that just has so many twists and turns, and I just absolutely love that about you. And I think that's why we have clicked so well in our friendship is because we both just seem crazy enough to think we can do all the crazy things. <laughs> right,
1: right. That is a nice little thing when you have someone else that kind of gets you and encourages you.
0: I know. I know. Okay. So for my listeners that don't know, you are—you haven't always been in this industry. Like this is a fairly new venture for you. So can you kind right. of explain how you went from just completely not even imagining yourself in this field to landing in the space you are now?
1: Sure. Um, and it's not like a, a really compact story. So I'll give you like a very short and I'll try and make it concise as possible. But, um, I owned a bridal shop, uh, a, a small business for, oh, I was in that for like 20 years. And, um, when my husband and I married, I, well, I'd started working with him a little bit even before, and he was a photographer and, uh, probably within five years after we were married, we started doing a lot more video work, which, um, he had always been fond of, but just that, that wasn't the way he made his living. And so um, we started doing like, actually for our church, we would do um, little videos like to raise money and like for mission trips. Then we started doing some non other nonprofits. Then we went into corporate work and then slowly we started, um, and him especially really started helping like, with other projects that um, like film projects um, for friends and that kind of thing. And then we both kind of started in that. And each time, like we felt like it's, it's such hard work and you give so much of yourself to it, but we were never completely happy with the project or the story and didn't, we just felt like there was something more that we'd be able to bring to it. You know, we, and maybe that's because both of us, are a little bit of control freaks. So I don't know. We just wanted to do our own thing. But that's really how it came about is we just slowly kind of eased into that world. And then we're just like, kept thinking, oh, we want to do something. We want to do something. Or or we would say, if we were going to do it, we would do it this way. So at some point, if you keep saying that, you have to go out there and do it.
0: <laughs> and you know, I think I think a lot of people listening can relate to that feeling of wait, I think I could do that. But I think a lot of us get hung up on this whole place of, oh, but I'm not educated in that, or I'm not trained in that, or I don't have experience in that space, so who am I to think that I could do something like that? So can you talk a little bit about... Well, if you even had thoughts like that, but if you did have thoughts like that, how you were able to push through them. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, yeah, I think all of us have thoughts like that. And honestly, I have those thoughts every day. Those are those things in your head that tell you that you're not quite good enough um, and that you're not able to pull something off. And there's plenty of people out there that are probably thinking the same thing. I don't know, but um, you, know, you just have to realize that you can either believe those thoughts or you can, you know, just think something better. And and I was very fortunate that growing up, I had um, role models, my uh, mother, especially, I guess, because, you know, I, and not that my dad was in the very same way, but my mom started a business uh, in 1968 when... You know, that just wasn't the norm for a woman to do. And so I saw her through my entire life just keep pushing, I guess, like the envelope. And it wasn't like she didn't do it like in a loud way. That was just her. And so I I guess if I had to say, that's probably what maybe gave me a little bit of that. It, It is not about education because that's, I won't say it's easy to get but that's attainable. Mm. But, but it's the um, knowing that you can go out and try, you can do something, and nothing there's not a barrier there, especially because being a woman. Um, right. So I don't know if that answered your question totally, but yeah, I think that was a big part of it. It's just it's more of a can-do attitude. And so when it came time that I knew I wanted to do something, it was more about, okay, how do I figure out how to do it? So I just put myself through basically uh, a course of screenwriting. So I, you know, read every book I could find about it. And I read every script that I wanted to like break down the scripts. And I went to workshops and talked to people that were doing what I wanted to do. And so I mean, I think like in every subject, there's there's so many resources that we have today um, where it used to be you had to go to the library and research things. And now we have
0: everything at our fingertips. We're very, very spoiled. Gosh, that's so true. And I think, you know, I think what's unique about those of us inside of a faith-based environment is that a lot of people, they get kind of hung up on this idea of Oh, I need to wait until like the heavens open and God himself sends like 5,000 signs of confirmation and then my pastor says yes and like they can get so hung up and I and I remember feeling this years ago too of well, I just I haven't had enough confirmation or I don't know for sure that God wants me to do this. So you clearly had no no qualms with that. Like you just jumped and you did it. So well, I think that I think I
1: also felt like it was something that was what I was supposed to be doing. It's not and though the heavens didn't open, <laughs> but I I guess I felt a peace and I felt like honestly I feel like um you know, we haven't quit our day job. We still you know, do all the corporate work and everything. In fact, Isaac's off working right now and he's actually taken off more a ton of the responsibility so I can stay at home and do writing and just like right now marketing and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, we feel like we'd like to do, we'd like to be just, I won't say that, but I was going to say full time, but um, doing things that we feel are worthwhile um, because at some point you figure there's only so many hours in the day and so many you know, days in your life, and you want to make the most of them,
0: right? Well, and and I think that's a good little piece of of wisdom there. And again, this is one of the reasons why I wanted you have to have you on the podcast because you you drop these little nuggets of wisdom that people don't see coming, and it's like, oh, Sandra just dropped that. Just here. <laughs> You're so good at that. But you know what you just said there? It's like you knew that this was something you were purposed to do. It was a knowing. And I think a lot of people doubt their inner knowing. And so did you have moments when you were like, Oh my gosh, am I crazy for thinking I can do this? Or did you just hear that small voice inside and just know this is what I have to do?
1: Well, I think there's always those times when you kind of let yourself get down or things aren't going exactly as quickly as you'd like for them to go or, um, and you do have doubts and you're like, maybe I'm crazy and maybe this wasn't, and you questioned everything. But, um, I, I guess you just have to keep looking at the bigger picture and keep plodding along that, cause you know, not, there's nothing that is worth having that is easy. Right. And, um, you know, that's one, another thing that my parents taught me was just about hard work. So it's, it's nothing's easy. <laughs>
0: And wouldn't it be nice if it were, wouldn't it be so nice if it were?
1: It would be. And believe me, I have plenty of moments when I'm, you know, just even technical stuff, you know, with the computer and I'm, you know, why can't this, why can't anything be easy? (laughs) But you know, we have it pretty good.
0: Well, and I think what's so wonderful about this conversation is that you're bringing such a human perspective to this journey of, of doing hard things because Mm -hmm. Um, making a movie, I imagine, is a hard thing, and I and I remember the first film you did, and I and I even got to be an extra. I, I was, know you ate sushi. I remember. Yeah, you. Yeah, y'all were feeding us <laughs> lots of sushi
1: early <laughs> we were, in the morning, and you ate it.
0: <laughs> well, I was pregnant, so <laughs> eating anything at any time of the day was appealing to me. It was terribly embarrassing, but yes. And I remember watching you and you were just owning your role and you were owning the set and everything seemed to me on the outside to be going smoothly, but I know you and I knew that that was your first film. And so I know it was a learning curve and I know you were jumping in and learning as you went because you'd never done it before. So will you talk a little bit about that? Because I think for people who see someone like you on the outside they see oh my gosh she has movies on hallmark and she is making waves and she's doing all this storytelling it's amazing they don't they don't stop to think that there was a first and that first was probably hard because you were learning so did you have moments during that first film where you were like oh my gosh how am i going to get through this like did you ever have moments like that so many moments
1: and Isaac will tell you the same thing and I've actually written a little booklet I haven't published it yet and it's called 25 Days of Trust. After that's how long it that was how many shoot days we had in the name of the movie's Trust Fund. But I didn't my um, friend and and my pastor's wife just encouraged me numerous times when I would tell her stories she'd say write it down, write it down. And I and I didn't. I didn't write it down right away. And at some point, I kept thinking, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And so finally, I just sat down and I wrote out through those 25 days because each day there was something, you know, and there was a story. And she was right. There's a story that needed to be remembered and told. And I don't know, you know, when I'll put that out. But um, but yeah, it was really It was, looking back, it was a very cool experience because like, there was never a time that we really had to trust on God's favor and just His working in what we were doing. And I think had everything gone easy, we wouldn't have been able to see Him show up like He did. Um, But it was really amazing. And Isaac and I spent a lot of time praying. And there were times when I would be headed to set from one scene to the other to, you know, change locations. And I remember saying, I need to drive in my car by myself because I needed to pray. Uh And because, because I had found out we didn't have an, like an extra actor showing up that was supposed to speak Italian. Like those, that's not something that you just pick up off the corner. right? Right. So I just remember like, you know, knowing that we were going to show up and either we were going to have this actor or we weren't going to have this actor, we'd be able to shoot the scene or we wouldn't. And um, just praying about it the whole way there. And when I got there, someone's like, okay, I found this person and someone else had a coat that was his size and something else came together. And what was unbelievable is this man spoke fluent Italian. And he looked at my script and he said, I don't think this is the word that you meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> he says, what you want to say is this. <laughs> so it was like he, he completely took care of me and it turned out better than it was planned. So that person that was, I had planned in there, him not showing up was for my benefit.
0: Right. Oh, and isn't that the journey? Like right there. That is such the journey. Like every move we take that, and I heard someone say this other the other day, I don't remember who said it, but they, they have this like mantra called do it scared. And it's like, every time you take that faith jump and you do it scared and things maybe feel like they're not working and you're like, oh my gosh, am I just going to crash and burn? It's like, God just shows up. Right. In a better way. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: I feel like we should
0: probably not stay in our comfort zones
1: because I mean, what's the fun in that? Right. Right. If we're not pushing ourselves and pushing to see what God's going to do, then, you know, anybody can do that.
0: <laughs> Gosh, that's so true. And not only is that true, like in in our outward space of our careers or our jobs or our passion projects or creative ventures or what have you. But gosh, that's so true on the inside. And I think when we're willing to allow God to challenge us and push us and take us places, maybe even we are afraid to go, our life starts to look like that. Like it starts to look more like an adventure rather than a scripted plot. And you're right. What fun would that be? (laughs) Right. Okay. So you, you did this first film and, and it was amazing. I, I remember seeing it for the first time after it was all put together and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Thank so you. maybe explain a little bit how you would, um, categorize your projects because I, I, do you consider yourself in the faith movie space or what would you categorize? No, your movie best? no
1: not, not really. Um, not that, um, Isaac and I went to a uh, film festival when we were first um, interested. You know, we knew we were interested in this, and I was just starting to write. And um, the speaker talked about how um, we needed Christians making good movies, not Christian movies. And he, what his point was is that anything that we make as a Christian is going to be a Christian movie because that's our worldview right mm-hmm. so we, we see the world differently than someone that's not a believer um, that doesn't mean that we have to throw it all up on screen and and I'm not di- I'm not saying anything negative about faith-based movies I think they have a wonderful space um, and I think it's great that they're become so popular and people are going to see them but for us that's just not other people are doing that so well I don't feel like we need to do that But what I do think that there's this little category, you know, like kind of a niche that maybe we could do are films that are just like for the family that maybe, you know, deal with some stuff without like making it so um, overt, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, I, the way I went about it was I was like, you know, Jesus is by far the best storyteller of all time. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be reading his stories, right? Over and over again.
0: That's a good point, yes.
1: So um, if you look at how he told stories, he never really just told you what he was wanting to tell you. He always took you kind of around the block to explain something. And then even at the end, a lot of times you're going, huh, What, what did you say? But then, you know, it's so enlightening because he used things that made sense in that day. Right. So that was just kind of my thought is like, what if I try to mimic him? And so that's where trust Fem came from, is that it's just like it's a take on the prodigal son. But what would that look like today? How would he tell that story today? How are people kind of changed, you know? What's our world look like? Um, So that's how that came about. And so it's not like um, if someone, it's not like you're going to see there's no Bible scriptures and there's no one praying, but at the same time, you see the story kind of play out. If you know what the prodigal story is, you're going to see it play out on screen.
0: Well, and what was so interesting, I remember after you put that out there, the reaction from people. Which, which tells me you hit the nail on the head because a lot of people responded to Jesus's stories in a very similar way as people reacted to that story. There were people that loved the ending and there were people that hated the ending. Right, right. Um, Because they don't understand it. They don't understand
1: uh, the way a father could love unconditionally. Yeah. For, you know, forgive like that. Um, but it was really interesting because I got emails from Christian people that were very, you know, very aware of the story and had studied it and everything. And they said, for some reason, I never, I always identified with the older brother and, but I didn't know it. Like I, and I didn't really think that that son should be forgiven like that. Mm. but they're like, then I just, when I saw it on the screen, I got it, you know? And they're like, I'm the older brother. Mm. Um. So it only takes a few stories like that. And you're like, well, it's okay if some people don't get it. Right. Because others do. And you know, that's how, that's how the truth is.
0: Well, and that was one of Jesus's catchphrases. Although the way I quote it is a little bit different than the way he said it, but he often was like, yeah, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that's not exactly how he said it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, those who hear will hear and those who won't, won't. And it was like, mic drop, all done, all done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this new film. And I I read the the script before, of course, you made the movie and I fell in love with it immediately. I read it in like, one sitting and it was so good. So tell tell the audience um, a little bit about this movie. Okay.
1: Um, so the second movie, um, I just decided that I wanted to try and just hit like a pretty common problem, I think, um, just all over. And it's not like anyone's immune to it, but it's marriage. And it's, you know, the divorce rate is so high and it has been for a very long time. It's just a human issue. Um, And just, you know, and there's so many people that are married and they're not happily married or they're just not treating each other well. So that's what this movie is about. It's about a husband and wife that have just like taking, taking each other for granted Um, and the, the main character, the woman is a marriage therapist. And so she gives out all this great marriage advice throughout the film. It's kind of, you see different clients coming in and she has all this wisdom, but she's never listening to herself talk evidently because she doesn't hear any of it. Um, again, with, you know, you're going to hear it or you're not, and she doesn't hear it. And so when when her marriage is in trouble, all she knows to do is to try and fix her husband. So that's kind of the premise of the movie. That's where it starts is just, it's always so much easier to blame the other person than to see where maybe you might be at fault.
0: Hmm. Gosh, that's such a human condition, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's not just marriage. I mean, I'm I think right. that they, yeah, it it really applies to any relationship. It can be siblings, friends, parents, you know, across the board. But um, so, yeah, and, you know, the, this is um, uh, a comedy, so it's different. Like, Trust Fund was a drama, so this was fun to make. I love it. And trying to deal with, you know, like kind of sneak in some really good stuff in the middle of trying to make people laugh.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's an art form.
1: Well, it is. And it's not easy. And so I still have a lot to learn. And like you said, you learn a lot on your first film. But see, the thing is, is you learn something new on your second and your third. <laughs> I'm sure. Each film brings something else because they're all different. And, and you're round. working with different actors. So, you know, just when you figure out how to, you know, kind of the method of working with one person, then there's someone else and you have to learn all over again.
0: Right. Do you ever, and I've wondered this occasionally, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but I've wondered, like, do you ever feel like inside this space that you've now found yourself in and you are interacting with actors and you're interacting with other professionals in this space do you ever have feelings like oh my gosh I don't belong here like have you ever felt that and how and if you do if you do feel that way at times like how do you push through that
1: uh the answer is of course and you know, how you push through is you realize that you've already made all the decisions um, that you're going to be there and there's no other choice. <laughs> so, yeah, as an adult, you find yourself in situations that you'd rather not be in. But that's the adult part is that you have to. <laughs> um, we can't run to our room and cry. Um, so you just push through. Um, I don't know how. You just do.
0: You dig deep. Yeah. Boy, isn't that true. That dig deep thing. It's a a major one in this house. I can tell you that, sister. There's a lot of digging deep over here on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times, like when I could, you know, we start early in the morning, but like we shot in Boston and there was a lot of mornings that like if I could get everybody out of the apartment before... I had to leave. I just spend that time and turn on some worship music and just like try to, you know, just kind of get calm because I spent like most of the morning trying to like rush around and get ready for, you know, for the logistics of the day. But if I can just have a few minutes of quiet time, that does wonders.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. You're just such a go-getter. And so, okay, here's another question I have for you. A lot of my listeners have said to me that they sometimes feel like they are on the outside of their tribe or their friend group or their family group because either they do things differently or they think differently or, you know, for whatever reason, they feel like they're not the norm. Right. And and when I look at you and I look at the path that your life has taken, you are not the normal, like... Christian housewife, (laughs) if that's even a fair title. No,
1: I know. No, I I didn't ever fit into the box, and I still don't. Um, I'm an introvert, and so it's hard for me to fit into a lot of the boxes that like, a lot of, I guess, the church wives and mothers do. So some of that stuff is a struggle for me. Uh, I do much better one-on-one. Uh, or or a small group i'm fine with but you put me in a larger group of women and i just i'm not comfortable at all
0: has it always been that way or has that intensified over the years
1: i think it's always been that way i know it has but it's just that like in recent years people have put a label on it to make it feel like it's okay like before you just felt like there was something wrong with you and everyone else Mm -hmm. was okay but um you know, I think it's just been, I don't know, maybe I've just become aware of it, but it's been like, it's okay to be an introvert, you know? Right. So. Well, and it's okay to be
0: different. And, and, you know,
1: and I can do okay if I have a reason to be someplace. It's more of like on a social level, I don't do well. But if you put me in a business situation, I'm fine. Or whatever, you know, if I have a job to do, I'm okay. Okay. Oh my gosh! We if that are, makes sense.
0: <laughs> this is why. This is why we're friends. Right there. Right there. This is why. Because I completely get you in all the ways of what you just said, and I feel like a lot of a lot of women, especially, and I have um, I have a lot of men in my in my listening sphere also, and they have echoed the same thing, but not quite as loudly as the women have. Where it's almost like they need permission to be different. It's like it's like they've been waiting. And I think I remember that feeling. It's been a while ago that I dealt with it, but I remember feeling that too, where it's like, oh, I just need someone to tell me I'm okay for not doing what all the other moms are doing. Like, yeah. is it okay that I hide in my room and write for like 30 days straight? Like, is that okay? <laughs> like- I know. I feel bad. Like sometimes I don't want my friends
1: to think that I... Um, I'm ignoring them, but I think all of my friends realize now that I'm just in the middle of something, and then I'll, my head will come back up later, <laughs> and then they'll hear from me.
0: Right. Oh, I know. I know. And you're one of my favorite friends because of that reason. Like, we can go months without speaking and pick up right where we left off. No hurt feelings.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> we're both the same way. <laughs> like, leave, leave
0: me, me alone. alone. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm writing. <laughs> I'll get to you in a month when I'm done. <laughs> exactly. So what would your what would your advice be to those people listening right now that feel that way? That they feel like I don't fit the box, I don't fit my group, and I I feel like I don't know what to do with myself. What do I do? What would you say to people that feel that way?
1: Well, I'm not a professional therapist. I just write one <laughs> in a movie. But... I think, you know, you have to realize there is no norm. That's just something that people have told us. It's just like Instagram or social media. Like we 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 watch what other people are doing and we think we should be doing that. But that's not a norm. That's That's not even real. And so, you know, just as many extroverts are, there's that many introverts. And so it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It just means that you enjoy something different. And so uh, all introverts know that we get our energy from being having like quiet time. Um, But I I think we have to, um, you know, just as much understand that other people are a different way. So I mean, I think you just give yourself permission to be that. And you know what, I Isaac and I struggle, my husband and I struggle because sometimes he wants to do something and I'm just not into it. And I go out of my way to do things with him. He might not know that. He might not understand it, but I do. And he does the same thing. So, um, you know, and I think it's important that we don't isolate ourselves. We have to have a few um, close friends that we feel comfortable with. And, and um, you know, and even it just, it doesn't have to always be the same people, but you know, maybe you don't feel comfortable in a big group, but I go and have coffee with different friends, you know, and not often, like they'll know, oh, we get together ever so many months, you know, but, um, it's fun. And I have no trouble talking one-on-one and, you know, as small, you know, it can be two or three people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then you get past that like two or three mark and the social anxiety kicks in. I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. I I just get quiet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, again, all the reasons why I love you and all the reasons why I wanted to have you on this show. Okay. So this movie is coming out. Tell us the name of the movie.
1: It's How to Train Your Puppy. And that's slashed out and it
0: says husband. Love it. Love it. And it's okay, so where can people find this movie? It's on Hallmark Now. Right
1: now, not to be confusing, but that's their streaming service. Um, so you can get to that either by going to the website Hallmark Now, or you can go on Amazon and they have like prime channels, and you can get to it that way. Okay,
0: and, and it's I will just, have Oh, go ahead. I was just
1: saying, it's just came out this week. So if anybody's interested in go go see it right away, go watch it right away. And, uh, because hopefully that will just be, uh, very encouraging to them to maybe put that on TV for broadcast.
0: Right. And I will make sure to put a link to that, um, to Amazon and Hallmark now on, um, the show notes of this episode. So all you guys listening, it will be readily accessible for you to find. Great. Yes. Okay. And so tell people what, what they're going to walk away with after seeing this film that you have just poured yourself into. Right.
1: Um, you know, it's very, I think very simple message about, um, when you see it up on film and you see other people playing out, it's kind of like, uh, one of the things that I, that hits me is how well people treat their pets, right? Um, it doesn't matter what they do. You seem to somehow dig and you just forgive them. Like they can pee on the carpet, they can chew up something, but there's, you know, you just are like, oh, okay, they're, but we, when our spouse does something, we have no grace whatsoever. And I'm speaking for myself, I'm sure other people do. So, what if we just gave our, the most important people in our lives, gave them the same kind of treatment that we did a dog? That's basically the premise of the whole movie right there. And that's where she learns, the main character learns, um, really, how to treat her husband well.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, and I have to, just since we already talked about it, we talked about your first film, uh, Trust Fund. I'm imagining there might be some listeners that are like, wait a second, I want to check out that film too. So how would someone find that one?
1: That is on Amazon. It's on iTunes, and you can watch it on Pureflix. There's also a companion book, uh, really for young girls. I would say between 12 and 17, and it's called Love Was Near. And it kind of it's like a little bit of a prequel, where you know a little bit of backstory of the movie. But then it also is the main character. Uh, her name is Reese in the story. It walks through kind of like a journal. So you get these little diary entries, uh, going throughout the story, like the, the movie. And it explains, cause people are like, she made such bad decisions. And yes, she did. But then we get to see like kind of what her thought process was and how she was feeling and how she didn't maybe feel like the norm, you know? And so it pushed her into making bad decisions. Um, anyway, I think it's a great book, um, to maybe go through with your daughter, um, Anyway, that's my little plug for that. You can get that on Amazon.
0: Yes, and I will have links for that up as well for people who are interested in finding that. And I can vouch for both. Great. And I know, that, I know that people that see them are going to fall in love with your work because your work is great. It is phenomenal. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for visiting on here today and sharing your story and your journey and, and your creative projects with us. Well, thanks for listening. Oh, well, we've loved having you. Sandra, thank you. Thank you, Anna. Oh my goodness, don't you just love her? Oh, I just, I love her so much. This is why I had to have her on the show. She's just such a dear friend and I knew that you guys would just eat her up and love her just as much as I do. I hope that this episode sparked some inspiration in you to pursue the things that you maybe have felt intimidated to go after or even talk about going after. So I want to be a cheerleader for you. I want to encourage you down whatever road you feel you are meant to walk. Feel free to reach out. I've said before, Instagram is a great platform for me to connect with you guys and find me on there. Send me a DM and I will gladly talk to you, encourage you, and do my best to be a support for you because we need each other. We need each other. And as for being a support, I got to tell you guys, I so appreciate when I hear from you and hear that this content that I am bringing every week is resonating and connecting. It just means the world to me. And one of the ways that I can hear from you guys that this is connecting and you're enjoying this and that it's meaningful is through iTunes reviews. I can't tell you how much they mean to me, and they really just put that little spark of inspiration under me to just keep plowing through and doing this work every week. So if you haven't left a review on iTunes yet, do me a favor, take two minutes. Go over to iTunes, rate, leave a review, and if you're not already subscribed, take the opportunity to subscribe so you won't miss another episode. Thank you again for being a part of this community and being a part of this space here. I hope that today's conversation left you inspired and left you just with your creative juices running wild. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you next week. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.